0: use strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning everybody.
1: It's Matt Salmon in on this February blustery day to talk about what else? The weather. Uh, the fact is, I'm not talking about it just because I'm bored. Uh, the fact is, the weather in Arizona is very inclement today, and it can have catastrophic con- uh, consequences. So we got to be careful. we got to use our heads, and we got to make sure that uh, if, uh, if we need to travel up to northern Arizona, we don't. Because uh, the system is uh, with the wind and the snow and the blizzard conditions, it's like that movie, The Perfect Storm. It's not a good situation.
0: I've got Jim Cross on with me today. Jim, tell us what's going on. Well, right now, the winds are really ripping around the valley. Uh, the highest gust we've seen this morning was 61 at uh, Paradise Valley, Sky Harbor, Mesa Gateway, Luke Air Force Base, all at 55 mile an hour gust. Up north, just north of the valley, Sunset Point had a wind gust of 88 miles an hour. Uh, Flagstaff Airport at 74 so far. Again, that uh, Sunset Point gust, 88, is the highest we've seen, but this is a very rare event that has forced a major, several major closures. In Northern Arizona, you have 17 closed from the Sedona turnoff. Up north to Flagstaff, you have all of Interstate 40 basically closed from Kingman to New Mexico. And uh, It's not so much the snow, even though it is snowing heavily in parts of northern Arizona. It's it's strictly a wind. This is a very unique storm. I understand that there were actually some of the uh, big uh, big rigs that actually were blown over. Yeah, I heard that on uh, I-15, I'm not sure if that was north or south on the California or uh, Nevada side uh, out of Vegas, but uh, that's some serious wind there. I'm sure that we're going to start getting reports of RVs having problems, some of them probably uh, being tipped. Uh, this pretty much blanketed the entire state. It came down to the Arctic, had Washington State hit Idaho hit Utah hit us. It's going to hit New Mexico, so it's it's a big storm.
1: You know, it's uh, it's something we don't necessarily have to deal with here a lot uh, in Arizona. We, in fact, when I was uh, was when I was in Congress in uh, Florida would have to go through its annual uh, uh, dealings with uh, hurricanes wow. and all the damage associated with that. And, and some of the Midwestern states were dealing with uh, tornadoes, and, and California is dealing with the earthquakes. And we were always really happy to say that here in Arizona, we don't have to deal with a lot of that right. stuff. True. We have an occasional haboob every now and then, uh, but uh, we we don't have to deal with this kind of weather. But today we do.
0: Yeah, it's just been a... It's, it was a- supposed to not be that big of a winter. We're supposed to, La Nina, whatever, uh, was supposed to keep us a little drier and warmer, and it's been anything but. Rain in the deserts. Flagstaff, by tonight, should be over 100 inches of snow for the winter. They usually have about wow. 90. Uh, probably not going to come close to the record, which was 210 a few years ago, but, I mean, still over 100 inches for this winter, and last year at this time, they had about 30 inches of snow, so they're 70 inches yeah. above what they were, and, and really, we're going to have a hard time getting a gauge on how much it's snowed up there so so far today, because the winds blowing so hard, they're going to have a hard time measuring it. Right, because of the wind drifts, yeah. the snow drifts, uh, it's it's hard. But those snow drifts can get multi feet high. Oh yeah, and that's going to be you know a problem until these winds die down. You know, the crews have done, you know, ADOT's crews have done, you know, the best of a job, a great job to you know keep most of some of the roads open. But it's just that's relentless. I mean, it's got to be tough if you're behind the wheel of a plow.
1: It's going to be tough to get behind. The Will apply. So, uh, are we expecting uh, the the weather to clear up by tomorrow, or what are we doing? Yeah,
0: it should taper off starting later this afternoon. We'll see less winds tonight, and then even less wind tomorrow. And then, I'm for one, I'm really gonna be happy when the storm's out of here. Um, as interesting as it's been to cover, and it's really a rare event for Arizona. Yeah, it's time to say so long to this one. I, I,
1: I know, invariably, there's going to be some macho guy with his four wheel drive yeah. that says, "I'm I don't have." To worry about that, I've got four-wheel drive and I know what I'm doing. You know, uh, when I was in the state legislature, uh, every year it seemed like we were having a hundred-year flood back then. Yep. Uh, and uh, you, you probably remember that time, every, year after year, the floods were horrendous, and and there'd be posted signs mm-hmm. on on the, uh, the the we called them arroyos uh, when I grew up, but uh, you know these uh, these places would, that would collect with water, and the signs would say, "Please do not enter." When flooded, they'd have barricades, and invariably, some idiot would bypass these warning signs and drive uh, into or through the water. And uh, and and then we need to put out rescue crews uh, to, to rescue them. So, consequently, have you ever heard of the stupid motorist bill? Oh, yes, that was my bill. Excellent. I was the one that introduced that uh, piece of legislation. Well, that, needed back in the early 90s that said if the warning signs are posted, the barricades are posted. And you don't heed that. You drive into it. You're going to foot the bill for your own rescue, which sometimes can be north of a couple hundred thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about what you're you're saying you've seen out there. I've been out on stories. I can't remember. I think it was up in Desert Hills or somewhere up north, Cave Creek maybe a few years ago. We were at a water rescue. They were trying to pull a driver out of a car in a wash area that was ripping with water. And you had fire trucks there, you had police cars, you had you know DPS, you had you name it. They were there. And another car pulls up right in front of everybody and drives right into it and gets stuck again. So uh, I, I I have driven
1: in some very very scary situations, and I and over the years there have been horrendous horrendous uh, accidents multi 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 car and truck accidents uh, right there uh, around Flagstaff it's a treacherous uh, place when the weather gets like it is today so um, I'm begging those of you out there uh, that are thinking about traveling north today please don't Um, you're going to way overtax our emergency personnel uh, and needlessly so Uh, if you're planning on going up wait Uh, they're going to get the roads uh, uh, cleared as quickly as possible. We shouldn't, as as Jim just said, we shouldn't have to deal uh, with uh, the, the, the horrendous uh, winds uh, after this afternoon. Things should clear up, so uh, please postpone your trip up north. And Jim, thanks for joining us here to, to let everybody know what's going on with the weather here in Arizona. Uh, very uncommon situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skiing should be great. And if the, they get Snowball open. It's a good Snowball, yeah, Snowball open and it's, going No, strong? it's
0: actually closed right now. They, they, they Sunrise is open, but yeah, Snowball had to shut it down for the day. Oh, wow. Blizzard, severe ones up there. Uh, weather service said not, maybe not a Snowball, but on the top of the San Francisco peaks, they might see winds in excess of 90 miles an hour. Uh,
1: that's so, nuts. Yeah. I mean, you're so you're skiing
0: sideways. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: well, Jim, thank you for sure. joining, and uh, yeah, you take care, and please stick with us here on KTAR. Next up, I'm going to talk to you about the Fed are trying the best they can to put people out of work in this country. I'm going to tell you why if you stick with me on the next segment. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: That that music is another one, Rise the Bus. Just don't ride the bus up north. So uh, this is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. And uh, I'm happy to be with you today. Uh, happy to not be uh, being on the road heading up north. So I can't emphasize that enough. So, folks, here's the scenario. Um, last couple of years, the inflation in this country has been Runaway inflation. And it has been very, very frustrating and concerning uh, to uh, the Fed. Federal Reserve, and so their response, which is almost always their response, is to go in and increase interest rates, which have been uh, low for years and years and years. And how does that impact the average family? Um, you know, a year ago, uh, you could have bought a home uh, for as low as, as 2%, and now we're up over 7%. Uh, for the average home buyer, uh, that, uh, is buying a starter home, that means that their house payment could virtually be double. And it is a real disincentive for a lot of people to buy homes. And that's had a real chilling effect on the housing market here in the state. Also, um, with uh, the Federal Reserve raising the interest rates, uh, their hope is, uh, I mentioned in the teaser uh, uh, before this segment, that the Federal uh, Federal Reserve is actually trying to put you out of work. The truth is that when the economy is still humming along, as it is, uh, the retail sales uh, for this last year were phenomenal. Uh, chart breaking, and the unemployment rate in this country is as low as it's been in decades, and so that combination has got the spending continuing. And when spending continues, in the mind of the Federal Reserve, when the Federal, when when the economy is booming like it is right now, and people are spending, it keeps driving inflation up. So they're doing everything that they can. And I mean this. I'm not saying it tongue-in-cheek. This is what, what they're really trying to do. They're raising the interest rates, make the cost of money more expensive so that business growth will slow down, so that they will lay more people off, so that we won't have all this disposable income to go and spend. And so that their hope then is that the inflation rate will go the other way. I've got a better proposal. How about the federal government actually strap on its boots of fiscal sanity? How about they stop spending like drunken sailors on shore leave? I uh, referenced this uh, opinion piece, uh, which I think is spot on, How the U.S. Can Prevent a Debt Spiral, written by William A. Galston with the Brickings Institute. And he points out that households, businesses, government can borrow uh, productively up to a point after which the debt restricts their choices and threatens their solvency. Folks, it's not any different for governments. And that's the situation that we're in. They're spending way beyond their means. So during the COVID uh, debacle, uh, all that money was sent out uh, spent on COVID-related issues. They spent billions and billions and billions and sent it out to governors across the country for the states. They sent mayors and and county supervisors billions and billions and billions of dollars across the country uh, in the name of COVID. They sent checks to people uh, for COVID uh, stimulus checks, are what they called them, uh, to stimulate the economy. And they spent into oblivion uh, the fact is when Bill Clinton took office in uh, 19 uh, the government debt held by individuals and private institutions was at 46.8 after four years of balancing the budget it fell to 32.7 this year It's at 98% of GDP. Folks, we're swimming in debt. We should be asking our elected leaders to do everything they can to reverse the spending in Washington, D.C., and there should be no sacred cows. Everything should be on the table. We should be focused on getting our financial house in order at the federal level like a laser beam. It will impact all of us in an incredibly positive way. You see what's happening right now with the stock market. You see what's happening uh, right now with the interest rates, with home sales. All of these things are about to really mess us up. We've got to demand that spending be curtailed. Folks, I hope you stick with me. Next, I'm going to have Juan Siscomani, a bright star in American politics, uh, will be joining us. and We're going to ask him some good questions. So stick with me on KTIR. This is Matt Salmon
0: strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
1: Hi there, this is Matt Salmon. Good morning. And I'm in for Mike Broomhead here on KTAR. My next guest is uh, somebody I got a chance to uh, hear on the campaign trail a few times. And I don't believe in my whole life I've been able to hear somebody that's articulated his view of the American dream, any more forcefully or passionately than Juan Siscomani. He is uh, now uh, a congressman from a truly swing district. I've heard him say over and over and over again uh, when he uh, kicked off his campaign office that uh, uh, just a a, a hop, skip and a jump away from that campaign office was where uh, he washed cars uh, as he uh, was making a living growing up and uh only in america uh could somebody uh get the kind of opportunity to serve now in the us congress that uh, uh has not had the world handed to him on a silver platter that had to uh earn his own way and pull himself up by his own bootstraps uh juan it's terrific to have you on the show and i'm i'm proud of uh the job that you've done already
2: well, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Great to be on with you. You have experience in this world, and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy to be chatting with you about it. Thank you for, for expressing my, my passion for the American dream the way you did. I think you, you did it beautifully, and, and you're absolutely right. When you hear the stories like mine from the immigrant perspective, but so many other stories of people that have really uh, done amazing things that they couldn't have done anywhere else in the world, whether they come from an immigrant background or not. Uh, People had just kind of fought for their beliefs, and and the government was staying out of the way, doing their job of uh, protecting us, and, uh, and that's it. And I think that's a, that's a key role of the American dream, to have the proper role of government where it needs to be.
1: Well, it's refreshing to have somebody that uh, talks about the U.S. in such positive ways. Uh, you know, we have so many people out there that uh, be besmudge and, and say horrible things about the U.S. It is the greatest country on the face of the earth. We've had our issues, and we've gone through our growing pains, and we've made our share of mistakes, but it's still the best country in the world. And in spite of, uh, you know, what what goes on with our government from time to time is still the best government in the world.
2: It really is. And and when you look at what happened with the speaker race, this, uh, this last time, uh, a lot of people that hadn't paid attention to how the speakers were selected before, because you you were there, They, they weren't exciting moments per se. They, you know, they were more procedural than anything, but this time that it took 15 votes, Uh, Some people out there may think, well, gosh, you know, that showed our our weakness or it showed uh, how dysfunctional Congress is. Well, let me be the first to admit that there's a lot of work that we need to do in Congress. And you know this as well. But I got to tell you, the fact that that it took that long. And and then at the end of the the moment, there was a peaceful transfer of the gavel uh, in spite of our Constitution, our republic, our system being pressured once again. And it still stands today is just a testament of of the force of our government and the, the the potential of our institution that that it still has, and and the 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 sheer of the American dream and, and the American spirit, and I think this is who we are. We we fight it out sometimes in public, but uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we we can work it out, and that's why we're still here. America
1: really is exceptional. One um, one of the issues that uh, has vexed Congress for a long, long, long time, uh, with uh, the board of trustees from both Medicare and Social Security coming out and saying that. You know, in different times, they're they're going broke, and uh, the, the the debt being so out of control. What what are your thoughts on what we need to do with Social Security and Medicare?
2: Well, those those are two discussions that absolutely we we need to be having. Um, you know, you were there in a lot of those discussions also, and. And uh, the the issues around that have been seen for for quite a while here. I think uh, things have gotten uh, more difficult in recent times for a variety of reasons. But but I think this this whole era of spending that we've seen in the last couple of years, more than in any other time, uh, doesn't help the situation. Now, when we look at the debt ceiling now. I'll be, I'll say this because it's important to say to right up the front that, that when we talk about the uh, raising of the debt ceiling or the rearrangement of, uh, of expenses that we need to be conducting, Medicare and Social Security are off the table. These are not things that we're considering in this conversation of the, of the debt ceiling. In order to to adjust anything there, what we're talking about on the debt ceiling is wasteful spending from the government. A lot of it, and most of it, from the discretionary side of spending. You know, I said in appropriations, so this is what we're going to be looking at. But Medicare and Social Security are not part of that, and that's something that I want to leave very clear that we will not only protect but but strengthen that. And uh, and that's a, that's a conversation that we also need to have. But the immediate one is regarding the debt ceiling, which does not include. Anything on Social Security and Medicare?
1: That's great, Juan. I'm out of time. I wish I had another hour to talk with. I, I know our listeners would too. You're a breath of fresh air, and I'm thrilled that you're there representing the folks uh, in Tucson and Sierra Vista, and, and you, we're, we're just really proud of you. Thanks, thanks so much, Juan.
2: Thank you, man. Talk to you
1: soon. And next, uh, I'm going to talk about how Glendale City Council just tweaked their citywide panhandling ban. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Please stay with us. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR.
2: Strong values
0: and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app
1: everybody it's matt salmon in for mike broomhead he is so famous he's infamous and I am in for him today, <laughs> so don't confuse the two. But I love the guy. He has uh, been a dear friend for a lot of years, somebody I'll, I, I very much respect. And actually, our opinions are very, very copacetic. Uh, he and I feel very, very strongly about a lot of the same things. And so uh, it, it's a natural segue for me uh, to come in and, and take my Groomhead show because I, I love uh, the, the opinions he presents, I strong opinions he presents. And I, I love the, the, the focus that he has on, uh, on people and on how government interacts with people and how uh, the, the least government we can have is the best kind of government because uh, government typically just gets in the way of happiness. So anyway, um, I'd like to talk about an issue today. Here's the headline glendale tweaks panhandling ban after criticism but still plans to enforce it i'm going to talk just a little bit about what's going on there but it's one of those things so many times in public policy it's uh it's kind of like uh, in the bible with uh king solomon you know where you got to cut the baby in half there's no really great solution you know that um you know that People are being uh, injured. Uh, you know, it, it's a safety problem when people are out there running out into traffic and panhandling and collecting their money and it, 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 it people can get hurt. So it's not just about trying to be the old curmudgeon and, and saying we don't want uh, you bothering the citizens anymore for, for handouts. Um, it really is a safety issue as well. But it's something I think a lot of us probably end up having mixed emotions about. Um, you know, most of us uh, are, are folks that don't like to see people in, in, in difficult situations. We don't like to see uh, people who are down on their luck. We want to be able to intervene and help them out when we can. In fact, I've said this before uh, when I've been uh, hosting for Mike, but this, from a, a philanthropy Uh, philanthropy point of view, this is the most giving country per capita in the whole world. And the statistics all bear that out. Uh, We are a people that uh, truly do try to help folks when they're in need of help. You look at how GoFundMe operates. You look at uh, a lot of the nonprofits that proliferate across the country, uh, taking care of veterans, uh, taking care of kids with cancer. I I could go on and on and on, but we do care about these situations. But the, the panhandling and the way it's going on right now, it, it, it is not conducive to public safety. And um, a lot of people uh, uh, believe that uh, uh, the money uh, sometimes is squandered. Uh, you give somebody money on the street, are they going to go buy drugs with it? Or are they going to go buy alcohol with it? Or are they going to starve to death if you don't give them money? And those are the conundrums that we face every day when somebody comes up to us and asks us if we've got some spare change. I know I heard a a talk in church one time where the guy said that uh, a guy came up to him and uh, uh, was begging for money. And he he said that he needed the money to buy something to eat. Well, the guy assumed, uh, like I think a lot of people do. I've I've talked to friends and others that have been faced with the same situation. And he assumed the guy was going to use the money for drugs or for alcohol or for something else. And so we didn't give him any money. The next day, while he was drinking his morning coffee and reading the paper, um, he read that this uh, man had, uh, or not, not this man, he read that a man uh, had died of starvation. And uh, so it really vexed him. It bothered him. And so uh, he actually went to the morgue and he looked at the body, and it was that guy. It was the same guy that asked him for food or for money for food the day before, and 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 he didn't give him the money because he thought he'd use it for bad purposes. It so bothered him that he said in his talk, "I've never passed a person uh, asking for money again." And you know as well as I do. I I remember I was uh, driving at one point. We were kind of in congested traffic, and a guy ran up to my car, and uh, he said, "Buddy, you don't know me, but my wife is really really sick and." And I need money for her prescription or, or she's going she's gonna to die or, or, or things are going to get really dire. And uh, so I said, well, how much is the prescription? He said $20. So I gave him the whole 20. And then he took that money and ran to the next car uh, saying the same line. So obviously uh, it, I, I got snookered. Uh, but. You know, we've got to do something about our homeless situation. We've got to do something about, well, the fact that probably 80% of the people that are homeless either have an alcohol or a personality disorder or a mental health issue and uh, or a drug addiction. And um, if they're out on the streets in encampments, Um, that's really good for nobody. So the best way to deal with it is obviously to, to, to build places and homeless shelters that transition them into employment as fast as they possibly can so they can get back on their feet again and they can do well. But you and I both know that there's a lot of people that won't even go into the homeless shelters because of the rules and the regulations that come with them. So Glendale has this panhandle ban, but they've been sued uh, and spoken of harshly by the ACLU. Is that a bad thing? Folks, I think it's something we're going to have to address. We have to talk about. Uh, The fact is we do care about folks uh, who are down on their luck, and we want to help people. But another fact is we care about safety, and we don't want to throw our money down a rat hole. So... uh, Good for you, Glendale. You're out there doing something uh, to, for the safety of your citizens and at the same time uh, uh, trying to uh, make sure that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that we have the right policies. Folks, uh, there's no easy answers on some of these things, but uh, Glendale's doing what it can uh, to try to uh, move in the right direction. So at 11 o'clock, I'm going to have a guest that's going to talk about the pro-life march that's going to happen tomorrow. And, uh, she's a fascinating individual, uh, who, uh, was pro-choice, uh, the first part of her life. And now she's staunchly pro-life. And I'm going to have you tell her, have her tell you why. So stick with me. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR.